Welcome to Dear Runner Bod, the pod dedicated to helping you embrace your runner's body. I'm Serena Marie RD, a registered dietitian and body image coach who wants you to stop dieting and start fueling the athlete within. While I am a medical professional, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure. Now, let's start rewriting your body's story. This week's review of the week was written by RunnerBod, and you already know I love your username. RunnerBod had a really, really sweet review, and um, here she said, I love listening to this podcast. I have listened to two episodes so far and loved the information I received. I really liked learning about body neutrality. It was so good to listen and understand what that is and how important that is over body positivity. I also listened to an episode about taking a break when you need to and not being a perfectionist while running. I struggle with this. And after that episode, I just ran a four mile run for fun instead of pushing myself when it just wasn't the right time for me to do speed work. I love listening in. Thank you so much, RunnerBot. If you hear your review, you can send me a DM at Serena Marie RD, and you can choose a totally free masterclass to choose from. I will send you one of four masterclasses that we have available. And if you are listening in and you want to win a free masterclass, all you have to do is head to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Every single week, you will be entered into a raffle to win um, a free masterclass from me. They are super valuable, super info-packed. And what a lovely way to not only win a prize, but to spread the word about body neutrality and body acceptance for runners of all different shapes and sizes. Also, don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button, follow along the podcast so you can get updated when new episodes are added. Again, it really helps to support the pod and it means so very much to me. Thank you, friend, and congrats on winning the review of the week. Hello, I'm so excited for today's interview because Amanda is one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. Actually, when you listen to the the interview today, I think I embarrassed her because I kept saying it because <laughs> I'm so creepy. Um, but anyway, I'm really excited for you to get to know Amanda. Amanda Katz is a full-time fitness professional. She's a certified personal trainer, RRCA certified run coach, and joined uh, the Running Explained coaching team this last year and serves as a group fitness instructor specializing in indoor cycling, treadmill running, and total body conditioning formats at Equinox in New York City. Her philosophy is based on the notion that all bodies deserve a fitness experience without punishment, guilt, or shame. She approaches her craft with humor, real talk, and ultimately wants her clients to feel stronger and more capable in their bodies through movement. To learn more, visit Amanda on Instagram at Amanda Katz or via website Amanda S cats.com and the spelling for at Amanda Katz and the website will be in the show notes if you're interested. Welcome to another episode of Dear Runner Bod. And today I have an amazing guest with me, Amanda. Amanda, say hello. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to have Amanda on because I'm kind of a fangirl over here. Like, I just love your Instagram account. It is just so badass, Amanda. And I want to say this. I, I, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. But, like, the energy you lead with is 
different with than the energy I lead with. Like I'm very like mushy, gushy, lovey-dovey. And I know you have so much compassion and love to give to your audience, but you're also kind of like a badass. Like I'm kind of always like leaving the conversation. I'm like, ooh, like boom. Like it's such a good energy. I love it. Well, I think that's that's likely why we work well together, right? You bring the mush gush. I bring the sasson, little, little... <laughs> Leave them with a little spice, right? And uh, I hope that we, uh, I I think that that will just lend itself to this conversation that we're going to have today. Absolutely. I'm really excited for everyone to to kind of get to know you better. Um, So Amanda, I would love for us to kind of start with um, a little bit of your background. You know, obviously you're in the fitness arena, you're a runner, you're a strength coach, but you lead in a very different light than a lot of the like um, thinspo fitness bros that we see on Instagram. Like what about your story kind of lends to the way you teach, uh, fitness nowadays? Yeah. So I am, I'm a full-time fitness professional right now as uh, I think I'm, I've been full-time just, uh, coaching folks for the last six years. Um, I've been teaching a little longer than that, but fitness full-time, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a run coach. I'm on the Running Explain team as well. Um, and I'm a group fitness instructor at Equinox here in New York City. Um, so the majority of my day is working with folks from either the comfort of their homes, uh, my clients are virtual, or I'm teaching group fitness classes, whether that's cycling, uh, treadmill running, or total body uh, conditioning formats. So I... My background before I got into fitness, um, I was the director of marketing and communications for a nonprofit, um, a couple of nonprofits, and then prior to that, I actually worked in government. Um, I'm, I'm born and raised in New York, which I would I would say is a big reason why I am the way that I am. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The New Yorker in you. Right. I'm also a product product of two. I'm a product of a, a high school principal and um, uh, and an administrator in higher education. So uh, I I very much am in touch with how we communicate different folks' learning styles and how we can really meet people where they're at in fitness. And I think my my previous background supports where I'm at today career-wise in that way. Or at least that's what I tell myself every time I think about, you know, my parents deciding that they were going to support me in paying for my MBA. And I, I was like, oh, I'm using it now. I'm just teaching spin classes. <laughs> I, I'm totally on board with that. I totally agree. It's same, same, but different, right? So <laughs> um, – my and you you asked about my voice and and my delivery and I think that uh, the re- my philosophy as a coach uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with who I am is that everyone deserves a a fitness experience a movement experience without feeling guilt without feeling shame without feeling judged that's how I approach my craft. I, I think that um, when I when I enter a room, there are a lot of assumptions made about me. I have thin privilege. 
Um, I've been confused for, oh, you can only handle lightweights. Oh, you are the, you're not a strength coach. Are you the yoga instructor? No shade yoga instructors, but you know, let's not make assumptions about people's abilities and, and people's, uh, people's health, people's fitness based on their aesthetic. Right. So I think my messaging kind of comes from that, uh, as well as my background in eating disorders. So I have a, for the better part of uh, my twenties, I had anorexia and binge eating disorder. I also just had a really shitty relationship with my body due in part to perfectionism and some really quite rigid and restrictive behaviors um, that I experienced in, uh, in my home life. So this is, this is why I am the way I am, I would say. And I love everything about the way you are. So you know what? I was, I was talking about this on my Instagram story this week, but, you know, struggling with eating disorder is a, a dark, difficult, horrible thing that I do not wish on anyone. But when you get to the other side of it, you realize how much stronger it makes you. And I think, you know, for you, and I'm going to kind of put words in your mouth here, but I know it's given me purpose in my life. And so it's just really beautiful to like see you now on Instagram and just see you shining a light on these topics. Um, so, so, you know, I love that we're kind of talking about how having thin privilege, however you show up in the gym, whatever your body looks like, people see you and they make assumptions about the way you the way you look and your level of fitness, right? And this can kind of go both ways, right? That was a really interesting thing for you to bring up. Like even being in a thin body, people can make these assumptions about you. And it's kind of bullshit that people are making assumptions about body sizes in 2023, but alas, this is the culture we, we live in. Um, so you talk a lot about like toxic fitness culture. And I would love to kind of hear your definition of that and like, I want, I want you to just kind of give a little, like, give me a little bit of background about, like, why you're so um, passionate about, like, spreading light on toxic fitness culture. Yeah, so I, I, would, uh, I would say that toxic fitness culture, which, which, frankly, in the current state we're in and have been in for some time, is, is fitness culture, period. It's not about actual health. It's not about actual fitness, but rather the aesthetic of health and fitness. So we live in a world that confuses being fit and looking fit. And these are not synonymous things. So in toxic fitness culture, run streaks, right? If we're talking to our runners, run streaks is, is being, is, is some, is a, is an activity that is health promoting and it is, it is what looking fit is right? That's an example. Uh, getting, getting thinner, showing muscle or being somebody who's more prone to, um, aesthetically have, have muscle on them, right? They could have an incredibly restrictive diet. They could just genetically have, uh, uh, they, they could just be genetically more superior, right? (laughs) Quote unquote superior, right? So, um, these are things that are, are a part of toxic fitness culture, the look we've given fitness a look, and that's really done fitness in its totality a disservice. Um, so I 
my role as a trainer and my role as a coach is to is to remind folks about what are what are fitness goals and what are non-fitness goals that we kind of have to we have we have to relearn so endurance for example is a fitness goal uh speed is a fitness goal uh lifting heavier weights is a fitness goal being able to carry uh two bags of trader joe's three avenues and two blocks is a fitness goal right so these are fitness goals in that that i promote with my with my clients and my athletes things that are not fitness goals weight loss is not a fitness goal you know what else isn't looking like your favorite influencer that's not a fitness goal so we have to separate these two and we have to start by having a an honest conversation about the messaging we receive when you think about because i think and i know for me you know working in this field this is such a confusing hard thing for women to grapple with they're like oh i'm just trying to be healthy and you're sitting there and you're like oh like you know, like I don't, and I don't want to tell someone they're lying to me. Like I'm sure this started as a pursuit of health, but like you said, it's this very confusing toxic culture where you said like, it's not even toxic fitness culture. It's just fitness culture, right? Like we just are like signing up for health and accidentally signing up for this like toxic landslide. Like Amanda, what do you think are some sneaky signs that the health part of your fitness goals isn't actually your priority? It's, it's, a, it's such a good question. I, I like to think about it as there are two camps, right? There's, there's having discipline and being committed to growing as a human, as an athlete, um, as somebody who just wants to get um, more movement into their day, in their day-to-day lives and, and their weeks. Uh, and then there's, and then we border on disorder behaviors. So discipline is great because it, it holds you accountable to your commitments. Um, but it has to be paired with flexibility. So a couple of signs, right? Um, if you start to see yourself in pursuit of quote unquote health and your health goal is losing weight, if you're working, if you're working out and you're experiencing pain, but you're not taking a rest day, right? Or if you, in general, just haven't taken rest days. If you are not fueling your workouts, right? And and in, and so you're now underfed and you're overtrained. These are some areas where the discipline starts to bleed into disorder. So what our role as I'm saying the collective, the fitness industry's role, and their, I, I personally think their obligation is to learn, to teach others how to learn to work with themselves as opposed to against themselves. Because I find that we really are, we, we got to be our own best friend <laughs> in our fitness journey. And, and, yeah. and, and there's a lot of conversation um, in, when I first start speaking to a potential client where I'm not seeing you, I'm, I'm not seeing you rooting for you. 
I'm not seeing you being Serena's best friend right now. And, and that's really what she needs if she wants fitness to be a sustainable part of her life. Yeah. It's like, where did this come from that women are just so wired to never feel enough and to constantly think like, you know, oh, I reach one goal. Like I got to do it. I got to be harder. I got to be more intense. Like it, it's the ego, right? Like the ego loves this like extreme, extreme exercises where you're not even considering your body as your teammate, as your friend, as you said. And it is so hard to watch as a dietitian, as a fitness professional to see these women like just not even understanding the the detrimental effects that are happening as they're trying to pursue quote unquote health. It's I, I when when my clients get into that headspace, I'm I'm on top of them and reminding them, remember why we do this. If you're not having fun, what the fuck's the point? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It, it's face the music. You are not, my clients at least are not doing this professionally, right? We do this for the love of the sport. We do this because it fulfills us in some way. Does that mean that the activity we're taking part in isn't hard? Of course it's hard. And that's why we continue to do it, right? Because it's putting us in positions of discomfort and we see the results on the other side is that we grow in some way and it brings us joy, right? So both can be true, but it cannot be true at our own detriment. Yeah. And I think so many women start the journey with so such little love for themselves and such little compassion for themselves that they don't care if they're hurting themselves along the way. They're like, oh yeah, I'm so, this is, beauty is pain, right? And it's like, no, like, Sure, there's going to be a little discomfort as we're doing a track workout or lifting a new PR or whatever, but like this should not be this chronic state of I'm exhausted, I'm fatigued, I'm struggling. Like that is that is your body screaming out at you that like you are not doing this right, right? It, it has become toxic for you. Okay, I love this like delineation between we don't want to confuse being fit with quote unquote looking fit, which brings us to, you know, really the reason I wanted Amanda here today. Like I was saying, I have a lot of experience kind of like sitting in the suck in this like very gentle way with my clients. And again, I do not want to um, lead anyone to believe Amanda is extremely compassionate. If you watch her IG stories and her IG reels, you can, you, you get that from her as well. But you also have the, the Sasson, as you said. And, um, you know, when I was kind of emailing with Amanda and asking her, like, what should we talk about? She kind of said, like, let's talk about stepping into this fuck the fear mentality. And I was like, booyah, like, yes, there is so much fear around allowing your body to be whatever your body looks like when she is healthiest. We can't promise our clients that you are going to be the ideal beauty standard, heavy quotations here, size zero, size two, right? Like we don't know what your genetics are going to do for you. And that is fucking terrifying. So how do we give women the, the power to say, fuck that, fuck the fear I'm going to do what's best for my body and I don't care about the, the, the ideal beauty standards. Mm -hmm. 
I, I think that we have to lower, I'm going to give some real talk. We have to lower the expectation that they're going to arrive at their destination within the next month, two months, three months, year. It takes years. It takes every day of your life to challenge um, thoughts that are are trying to drag you down. Does it get easier? Yes. Um, you become more resilient. You become more tolerant of it. But unless you sit in a bubble and there and you have and you have no social media, you don't walk outside your home. I, I mean, I don't know how you can avoid these thoughts from creeping in, right? So, like, let's let's stop pretending like the people that you see on the internet have some like have arrived. They haven't. We're we're all working on it. I read something, this is a sidebar, but it kind of bothered me that the way this headline was that Molly Seidel was interviewed, I think by runner's world. And the headline was like, Molly is a work in progress. And she says, that's okay. And I'm like, and say Molly, like who is, yeah. who is at their destination? So, <laughs> let, so, so that's first and foremost, that this isn't, as we also say in the recovery world, this is not linear. Mm-hmm. You are reparenting yourself from 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of being an asshole to yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's start there. The second the second part is how do we proceed? So it comes in a couple of forms. Whether um I th- I think that when I when I speak to a client and there's resistance around for example, eating more to fuel their workouts, eating more on the run, uh, take, taking in more gels, right? Um, running based on time, not mileage. These things that we've, these numbers, these metrics that we've grown so attached to. Um, what happens if you try? What is the worst case? Nothing, nothing. The worst case is if you take in more fuel for your body, the worst case is that, you know, barring that you've had too much fiber the night before, you you perform better, Mm -hmm. right? And and you see what you're capable of. Um, The worst case scenario for when you run based on time versus mileage, if you don't, if you go out without your watch is that you rely less on the numbers to validate you, right? These are the worst things that happen and they don't actually, they're, these are actually not things we should be afraid of, but we become so accustomed to, these are the things that measure my worth that we are now, now we're lost in the sauce. Absolutely. So it's just challenging these. And there's, and there, when you, when I give these as examples, they seem like small things, but they really add up throughout your day. The, the, most recently I had a conversation with a client. It was a pre race day chat that we were having and we were listing her a goal, her B goal, her C goal. And she said something so profound to me, and it's true. Every race or every event that we have prepared her for, 
she's gone through the worst case scenario. A couple weekends ago, Twin Cities was canceled. She went through that, right? That was That's a worst case scenario. The worst case is that the race is going to be in an unideal environment. She's gone through a humid race. She's gone through a race where she has gotten lost on the course. She has gone through a race that hasn't even gone on, but we decided that morning at 5.30 in the morning that she was going to go out and run her own race to celebrate the achievements of her training cycle, right? She's gone. She's gotten through all of her most challenging moments. She survived them, right? So, so that I think is why I wanted to talk about this overarching theme of fuck the fear, because really when we face it, it makes us stronger. And it's really, you know, I don't want to dismiss how people feel, but it's like, it's not that bad, right? right. I think that's like the, that's the writing on the wall is like, no one's going to die here, right? Like, right. like, yeah, those are, those are crappy situations. Like, and I am admiring that woman, whoever she is, because she went through them. I'm like, damn, like, I'm impressed with you. Like you ran in like a humid race. That sucks. The race getting canceled. That is heart rent. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sucks, Britt is a bad know? bitch. Shout out to yeah. Britt. I'm, yeah. I'm calling you out. I know. I know, Britt. Sorry. Shout out to Britt. Yeah, that it's, it's, it is. And as you just said, it's not that serious. It's really not that deep. And, the, and no one, ca- I, I'm, I'm, I, I know this may hurt some of you, but no one cares how fast or how slow you are. And the people who are watching you, that's on them. That's not on you. So if there are people out there who are demonizing you, shaming you for your pace, your, I feel really sad for those folks. And I'm sending them thoughts and prayers. And I'm also asking that you, you block those people and you mute those people. Because, Frank, they're not helpful to your life. The people who are there for you are going to continue to be there for you because they see how much whatever modality you're invested in, whether that's lifting weights or running a race, brings you fulfillment. That is what the people in your life care about. Absolutely. I I almost feel like what we're realizing here is that the fear is valid. And listen, we like, we live in this culture with you. We see the toxic messaging. No one is, you know, scratching their head like, huh, what a weirdo that she cares about this, right? Like we get it. But at the same time, when we really look at it under the microscope, like you have nothing to lose. Like why not try this crazy thing Amanda's suggesting where you focus on the endurance, the speed, the lifting weights instead of the measuring your inches lost or whatever crazy crap like people do, right? Like there's really, there's nothing to lose here. Do you think that's really like at the core of the fuck the fear mentality? Is there anything else that like somebody needs to examine in order to kind of take this step towards being this braver version of themselves, Amanda? I think the one thing that we have not mentioned is the company you keep. Mm. Are the people around you perpetuating this message? Are they also, do they also have tie their, their value and their worth to their bodies, to weight loss? Are you around messaging um, at the dinner table that is promoting uh, restrictive behaviors, right? Are you are you surrounding yourself instead with uh, and on social media and in real life? 
with folks who are going to hype you up. They are, they feel like a community. You feel safe with them in your body. These are really important things. You have to examine these people. You don't have to have a lot of people. You could have three, four, five people. I was talking about this with Elizabeth on her last podcast. We feel incredibly, uh, although it's, there's, there's the bullshit that seeps through the surface, but I, and I'm sure Serena feels the same way. Serena, myself, Elizabeth, other professionals in, in running, in fitness, um, in nutrition, uh, we're, we're like kind of this little network on social media where this messaging is constantly feel is being reinforced. So I feel so blessed that I continue to take in messaging like this and it's not toxic or super positive all the time. It's just real. I think that's, I think community, I think that that's really the the last piece of the puzzle. I love that. I mean, like you said at the beginning here, you said it takes years of challenging the thoughts and so it's exhausting right? Like doing anything for years and years is is tiring, right? And how much easier is it for you to be on this journey, this tiring journey, when you have that echo chamber filled with others who are saying similar things, right? Or like for me now, I know when I'm with people who don't share my beliefs, it's still really hard. Like I'm not there and I'm like, I'm above you. Like it's still like, I'm like, God, people still think like this. Like it feels like a shock to the system and I hate it. And it's honestly really hard for me to be like polite and quiet. I have to usually like remove myself because it's so upsetting and jarring. But yeah, I love, I love what you just said, Amanda, where like when you're really working with professionals who understand women's physiology we're not saying, well, how many pounds did you lose? Is it working? Like, hell no. That's BMI not- BMI doesn't exist in, in our vocabulary. Like it's, that's ancient history. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had a lot of clients recently and I, I swear, I think it's like some kind of like during the pandemic, all these dudes were like on TikTok getting their like TikTok exercise physiology license or something. But like lots of women coming to me being like, I was on this super low carb diet with this fitness trainer in the gym and it's always like a dude. And I'm just like, you know, I know there's lots of well-educated men out there, but I'm just like, Dude, like, no, like, they don't understand women physiology. Like, this is so broken and so backwards. And, you know, you want to talk about, like, being empowered, becoming resilient, like, practicing self-love. How can you do that when you are hungry? Like, it just, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It makes me the angriest I can be. (laughs) It's, it's impossible. I, what, what really, recently I saw a gentleman on the internet who whose title was women's specialist. He also is a, a glute guru, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so my guy, where did you find the audacity? Because now you're just, it, now you're just praying. And of course, all of his content it are, are videos of women and their backsides. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Let's read the room. Let's not hire folks like this. And because of what you're, you're speaking to, TikTok University, we exist in an industry that is so unregulated. As consumers, we have to do a little extra research and homework on the professionals that we hire 
And I would also say that when you're curating your social media feed, it's okay to follow influencers, but don't allow, influencers are not educators. So some, some are right. And that's, and, and that's wonderful, but, but they're not just because you feel inspired by somebody doesn't mean you should be there. They are not your personal trainer. They are not your sports dietitian. They are not your physical therapist. They are not your mental health therapist. Yeah. I always tell, you know, obviously I'm so proud of my clients who like get PRs and do all these like very like um, fitnessy goals. But I always tell my clients, I'm like, when you show up to session and you're telling me like, I threw the scale out or like I am going through a really hard time right now and I'm not leaning on food to get me through it. Like those emotional, like literally, like you said, repairing those, those are insane PRs. Like that's like, I'm going to the Olympics PR to me. Like that is like, if you want to talk about hard, 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 like badass goals, that to me is just like so impressive, even though it's not this like sexy, tangible, like look at the girl's backside on my Instagram feed. Right. And yeah, like we want that sexy, sexy marketing, you know, postable content. But like, unfortunately, when you're on a health journey, it's about so much more than that. Like we're not here to validate your ego. We're here to actually make you grow and become the best version of yourself and change you. And yeah, so that's that's all I gotta say about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amanda, do you feel like your um like your identity or personality shifted at all? Like when you think about like you and yourself in your twenties struggling with eating disorder versus like the woman you are today? Like, can you tell us at all about like I don't know? I admire you so much. Like, how did like becoming a well fed like you know, strong ass woman, like how has that changed from being that eating disorder version of yourself to your present self? I am so well fed and my brain functions now. It's incredible. It's what happens. So it's again, as Serena was saying, if, if you don't follow me, I try to, I try to handle life with a, a touch of, of a touch of humor. So, um, nothing offends me. So if, and I understand not everyone operates that way, but that's the truth. The truth is um, that my years in living with, with multiple eating disorders kept me really small in more than one way. And I think we forget that when it comes to dieting and losing weight and uh which are very different than eating disorders eating disorders are mental health disorders because there's a difference between somebody who can you know decide to lose weight for a short period of time and somebody who uh who is killing themselves um by ways of restriction or 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 otherwise in the eating disorder realm but my confidence came once First step was eating more and, um, and getting really honest with the people in my life about the things that I struggled with. I, I am really, uh, I'm really grateful that I had a, a family who was open to listening to my story, um, and, and friends around me who reminded me 
that my worth was beyond the things that I fixated on because it's really never about the food or, or the weight itself. It's, it's, it's so much deeper than that, as you suggested in, in the previous PRs that your clients have hit. And I, and I can't, I, the, the message that I want to share, if somebody is experiencing an eating disorder or disordered behaviors around exercise, right, which we see a lot in the fitness industry, whether it's around exercise, food, or other thoughts, is that you have to make a decision that is going to make you incredibly uncomfortable. And the decision is to, because we tie so much of our identity to the things that, to these disordered thoughts, whether or not we, we understand that. So I used to tie myself to being type A, being a perfectionist. And I, and, and these were things that like, I not only identified with, but that folks would compliment me on. And now I am, I've kind of gone the opposite direction. <laughs> now I'm like, it is what it is. I love that. It is what it is. I'm neutral about it. I the the biggest compliment I got recently was that I feel like you just if something bad happens or if something good happens, you don't really have a reaction either way. It's like, wow, that right there. Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> You've learned to release control. Like yes. that is, yeah, that's really, really powerful. Yes. I, yeah, that is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. Um, okay, Amanda. So last question here before you just share how everyone can follow you and get in contact with you. Um, we do not have enough women, you know, proclaiming that they love their body. So I would love to know, Amanda, why do you love your body? Oh, I love my body because it is my home. It has been through, it's been through everything and it has been with me um, as I really treated it like shit. And it's been with me as I watched it uh, perform at its highest potential, whether that was in the gym or just getting me through life. So I love my body's ability to persevere. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay, Amanda. So I'm sure everyone is dying to watch all these IG reels that I have been just like bragging about. They are so funny and awesome and really get you thinking. So how can we follow you and how can we contact you? Don't hype me up now, Serena, because I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just, y'all, lower, lower the bar immediately. Um, and, uh, on Instagram, you can find me at Amanda underscore cats and it's with two Z's. Um, and my, and that please send me a note, say hello to me there. Uh, and if you want to find out more about my training services, who I am, what I do, you can go to my website, Amanda S like Sabrina, almost as good as Serena cats.com. <laughs> I love it. I hope everyone reaches out and gets to know you even better. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dear RunnerBot. If you enjoyed what you heard, remember to subscribe and make sure you share today's episode. 
Also, if you're looking to download a free three-step guide to love your runner's bod, then head to serenamarierd.com. Can't wait to chat with you next week.